Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Timberwolves back in action tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. They tip it off at Toronto, 5.30 pregame right here on your home to the Wolves. News Talk 830-WCCL and a big one with Denver Friday night. Right here on your home to the Wolves. News Talk 830-WCCL. We heard from Braden Carrington, 2022 Mr. Basketball. We're joined now by the man who helps make that decision and organizes it. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, David Hedberg. He was out there today to present him with the award. Uh, and uh, it's quite a process. They go through to whittle down to 20 and 15 and 5 and all those things. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. What, what, how, how, you know, you got this committee. Explain how many games you guys see by the end of the year in total. Yeah, so we've got nine people on our committee. And probably the average person sees between 40 and 60 games. Mm. So we try and, you know, divide up. Obviously, some games we've got multiple people at. But, you know, we try and catch as many as many as we can throughout the year. I saw about 70 this year. Some people wow. saw over 100. But I'd say probably 40 to 50 is the average. Now, now just, just forgetting who was playing what, uh, in terms of the players you're watching, what was the best game you saw in terms of huge crowd, great finish? What was it? We probably the best game was Caledonia played at Tatino Grace yep. uh, later in January, and it was kind of fun with with Eli and Demarion Watson, two kids going to Iowa State, played against each other, and Eli hit a shot with like six seconds to go, and Caledonia won. So that was that was probably the most exciting game that I remember. But we definitely saw some good ones this year. How do you pare it down once you, we, you know, you, you presented the award, as I mentioned to Braden today, and I, I mentioned that statistically some nights he doesn't look overwhelming, but you kind of have to see him play to understand what he does to change a game. Uh, are those the kind of conversations that you have when, when you get behind closed doors is, you know, for, forget stats, you're, let's look at some other uh, uh, intangibles? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, stats play a role, um, but a lot of what we talk about, too, is what, what the, each individual does with what they have on their team. Because obviously, you know, some teams are stronger than others from, you know, 1 to 10. So we look at, you know, really how, how each player conducts themselves, their leadership. You know, like Braden was talking about, I was listening to that, you know, does he defer when he should, is he taking charge when he should, things like that. Just, you know, if, if we think they're playing the game to the best of their ability, that's what we're looking for. Do you, do you, um, how do you decide whether or not they're a good teammate? Do you talk to teammates, coaches? How do you decide? Uh Say we've got. Let's say with the nine people on the committee, we've got a, a lot of background. So people that used to be, you know, professional coaches, professional players, sports writers, referees, high school coaches. So a lot of just talking, you know, from what we see from the player, which is why we want to get out and see so many games. You know, if you see someone once, it could be you know their game of the year, or it could be a down game. So we try and see kids as many times as possible, then kind of talk about what we saw and you know, kind of determine you know, what we thought of the overall performance for the whole season. You know, um, last two years, uh, I mean, before the season, barring an injury, uh, you could almost reserve the uh, the gym for the, the week after, the, whatever day you wanted to pick at Minnehaha Academy, because a pretty good idea it was going to be Jalen Suggs and, then, uh, and Chet Holmgren because they'd separated themselves so far. Uh, this year, not the case. Who were the five final finalists, and, and, and how difficult was this year? 
So this year was actually really strong. So you, you talked about kind of our process of going from our watch list, which had 50 people on it, down to the top 10, which was difficult. But the, the top five was very strong and, and you know, very close in, in talent this year. You mentioned the last couple of years, you know, we've had some very strong people at the top. Uh, but our five this year, obviously, Braden was one. Uh, Alonzo Dodd at South St. Paul uh, had, you know, just incredible years. You know, the, the team was great, and Alonzo was uh, Trey Holloman at Creighton Durham Hall. You know, another player that's, you know, he's going to Michigan State and, you know, had a great year. Prince Aligbe, you know, another Minnehaha Academy student, you know, really played well. And then Eli King at Caledonia. So, you know, really a, a lot of great talent at the, the top five. You know, very, very similar strengths and, you know, abilities there. Is it harder to pick the one, or is it harder this year to get it down to five? Because there are a lot of kids off that list that are pretty good players. I would probably say both this year. I mean, we had some you know real heated conversations. You know, all all good, but you know, with getting down to five, because there were a few players that you know obviously in the top ten that can't make the top five that some committee members felt very strongly about. And then again, with you know selecting Braden, you know the committee's you know excited you know that, that Braden won and he's you know definitely you know the consensus choice but there were other players too that you know got a lot of chatter within our our committee about you know what they're able to do and what they brought to their teams so definitely an interesting year to you know whittle down not only just the winner but kind of each step in the process um when you know now next year obviously you see a lot of the guys next year that could be candidates as you go throughout this year what happens so is it is it based just on their senior year do you start watching in the summer months what do you do so a lot of us you know we will watch you know obviously a lot of kids like you said we see them they start playing as freshmen so if we're watching other seniors we do see kids throughout their whole careers and we do see them in the summer but the mr basketball award is solely on their performance in the senior season so anything we see before kind of gets them on our radar. You know, we've got some history, and you know, we know what to look for with each player. But, you know, each year we do start first. So each each player starts on a level surface at the first game of the year, and then we start to go from how they're performing as a senior. So in theory, you could move into town for the first time ever uh, next year as a senior, or you could be coming off an injury that nobody knows about you. You, you could be anyone. And as long as you put together the best senior year in your mind, you can win Mr. Basketball. Correct. Yep. Yep. So everybody's got a chance that comes in the senior. That's why when people ask, you know, who the candidates are when the season starts, they're a senior boys basketball player. They're they're on our radar. How how much help do people give you unsolicited, and how much heat do you get as you go through it? Because it's a tough process. So a lot of us, you know, a lot of our members like to stay anonymous just to kind of stay out of that because, you know, we do get a lot of unsolicited feedback either from coaches or parents <laughs> or players. And, now you know what it's like to be in the media, yep. So, no, it's, so there's definitely some, you know, benefits to being somewhat anonymous when you get to a gym. That's not always the case. You know, people do get, you know, passionate, and, that, and that's great. As long as people keep it civil, it's it's great to hear people excited about their, you know, there's their kids you know, their friends, you know, people in their community. So, you know, we definitely welcome that. And, and when you go to a gym and, and you're watching a game, uh, are you watching a lot of what they do body language-wise and other things besides just their stats? Or is it just what they do on the court? Or are you watching to see how they behave during a timeout? All those things matter? It, it does, because that's part of the, like I talked about before, with, with the leadership and how they interact with kind of what they have on their team. If they're, you know, being encouraging and you know, uplifting and trying to help their other play or their teammates, or if they're showing disdain or you know things like that, 
you know, it's not a big part of it, but no, it, it definitely plays you know into what our overall perception is of each person. Was it fun this year to be able to go out freely and just go to whatever game you wanted instead of all that we've been through? No, no, no question about it. I mean, just getting back, you know, like I mentioned, the Titino game, you know, a lot of games like that. You know, a lot of the gyms in the Metro were full again with you know fans cheering and. You know, a lot of times we still had to wear masks, but, you know, there was, you know, the capacity limits weren't there. So just kind of night and day over the, you know, from last year when pretty much everything we think last season I saw maybe eight or nine games in person, and that was even tough to get in. And most things were online. Whereas this year of the games I saw, maybe 10 or 15 were online and, you know, 55 were in person. So really, really great to get back. And I think the kids like it better too, having all their friends and, you know, the students there and parents and, you know, getting gyms full and getting them getting loud again. Unbelievable the commitment you guys make to to this award, David. Thank you so much, and thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. And thanks for coming out today, Mike, and for your support. We we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk soon, David Hedberg, uh, chairman of the Mister Basketball Committee. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.